Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Yeah, hi, welcome once again to the Match Day Gagan Pod. Great to have you with us. I'm Richard Bayless. We're taking you through eight matches that happened this morning on Wednesday, our time in the Champions League. 35 goals as well. Five short of the record on one match day, if you like, of 40, which was set back there in 2014. But 35, yeah, it's not too bad. Dave Wiener, our sports editor, is with me. How you doing, Dave? Very good. 35 goals for your morning breakfast is not bad entertainment at all. And uh, you ran the numbers a little bit earlier. 63 is the record in one match week. So what are we, 28th short tomorrow? That's that's possible. It's doable. It's doable. And with the late drama and stuff we'll be getting in this Champions League, I wouldn't count against it. We will have a, a quick look later on in the pod to what's coming up tomorrow morning. But on the pod, we will also run you through what we saw today. Obviously, a huge win for Liverpool, seriously impressive. Real Madrid, really important three points for them. And Manchester City, what a great start it's been so far for the English sides. We'll talk about everything between as well. But let's start at the Etihad, actually, because Mark Schwarzer was there for us. He's on his way back to London because he's off to Stamford Bridge tomorrow. Schwarzer, how impressive at the moment are City? Because on paper, they're doing it really easy. Easily in the Champions League. Yeah, they are. Um, how impressive are they? They're, 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 they're sort of, there are moments in the game where you, you're thinking, right, they're going to get back to that city of old. Um, first half, I thought, was a really positive performance, really positive start to the game. High energy. Phil Foden in midfield was very energetic. Carl uh, Walker did a lot of work down the right-hand side. Um, and I thought Ferran uh, Torres obviously linked up really well. Um and, you know, the problem you've got is you've just got a couple of the other players that, you know, Raheem Sterling's a little bit off, Riyad Mahrez a little bit off. So, you know, you, you kind of expect them to also go on a little bit after the first half performance in the second half, but they didn't. They actually almost came unstuck, and that was actually mostly down to their own their own fault. Um, Phil Foden gave the ball away in a really, really bad area. Actually, it would have been a great assist, to be perfectly honest. Um, and uh, Tichengo also gave the ball away in a similar situation, and, and uh, Olympiakos almost capitalised. They're kicking themselves; they didn't take their chances. The Champions League has almost been a bit of a um, it's been a bit of a reprieve for them each midweek. Like I'm just going through when when Schwartz said you just expect them to do a bit more, and I just reminding myself about their results and. In the league, it's been a long time since they've convinced. Even you know the Leeds game was already three or four games ago. What do you think it is, Schwartzy, that when you watch them even here, that is, you're thinking they're just not quite where you expect? Uh, you've mentioned on this podcast um, Pep Guardiola feeling the pinch himself. What about on the park that if you go going into Liverpool, it's this that I just, I just don't think they're at the races at, at the moment? I mean, you know, you can use the excuse that it's the games, the sheer volume of games, lack of break. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne has mentioned a number of times now, you know, saying that he hasn't had a rest in like two years. And he's looking like someone that needs a rest. But unfortunately for City, um, you know, they lost David Silva, as we all know. Um, not really replaced him as yet. Phil Foden talked about as being like the most talented player that, you know, Pep Guardiola is going to work with. But he doesn't use him as a regular. Um, you know, he comes in and out of the team. Uh, you know, Pep Guardiola, part of it is, I think, they, get it, they find it very difficult to get any sort of flow, any sort of run of games players. 
And so there's this key number of players that are often uh, in and out of the side. Uh, there's lack of continuity. Um, and I think injuries has been an issue. So sitting at that point where if they sustain a couple of injuries, like Laporte is obviously a key one for them. Kevin O'Brien, you saw now Aguero, uh, Jesus being out, they struggle. Whereas in the past, that didn't really affect them as much because everyone else left their game and were up at the level. I just, we're not seeing that at the moment. And I, and I, and I, part of it's the amount of games, but also part of it, I think, is Pep Guardiola being a little bit tired and maybe demanding too much from his players at the moment. It's one of the great ironies, isn't it? For such a long time, people have pointed to the strength in depth of Manchester City. That could be their undoing, which sounds crazy. Gabriel Jesus was back and he was on the score sheet. So that's a good result for them, aside from the result itself, 3-0 over Olympiacos. Uh, Schwartzy, I would imagine as well you were keeping an eye on Bayern Munich because you like to always mention how German you are. And they won 6-2. They were 2-all against Salzburg late in the day. Looked like they might have to settle for a point. Is this just a reminder, by the way, that they pop up in the last five or ten minutes, oh, here are four goals. Just have four goals. We'll score four. Is this a reminder that we can talk about your cities and your Liverpools and Real Madrids and Barca's, but those sides all need to seriously work to get to Bayern's level? I didn't even know the result, mate. Um, thanks for telling me. Um, <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, listen. <laughs> Spoiler. No, I, I, you know, look, listen, it's very, very tough for a team to back up. I mean, Real Madrid did it, obviously. They did it three times in a row and win the Champions League. Liverpool... Um, struggle to, to, to back it up. You know, most other teams struggle to back up the Champions League. The one team, uh, apart from Real Madrid, that is capable, I think, is Bayern Munich. It, you know, again, it, it's down to, if they have uh, a couple of injuries to one or two players, and, it, and the, the, the two players, I have to say, Thomas Muller and, and Robert Lewandowski, they are crucial for, for Bayern. If they're fit and they're firing, and I'm saying, okay, they can miss the odd game here and there, and that's okay. But if they sustain any sort of long-term injury, then they're going to have a bit of problems. Other than that, if they're able to keep them fit, I, I think Bayern are the team to beat a game. It's a long way to go. But they just know how to back it up every, every time. It just doesn't seem to phase them. And in Hansi Flick, they seem to have a manager that the players all love, the players trust and believe he's the right man, and they're repaying it by their performances. And players are going to another level. I mean, look at Thomas Miller. I've said it a number of times recently as well. I don't understand how uh, Jürgen Löw has not brought him back into the national team. Because to me, he walks into the German national team. This uh, podcast wasn't exactly meant to be a breaking news podcast, but there you go. We're breaking news to Mark Schwartz. I'm surprised by that. I thought you would at least know the scoreline. Four goals in the last 11 minutes for Bayern Munich, including <laughs> one to Leroy Sané, of course, formerly of Manchester City. And you could say that, well, City would love to have him now. They've got enough. Let's be honest, Dave. Oh, Salzburg, I, s- I swear, 2 all with, I think, 12 minutes to go. They were thinking that was going to be the result of their season and then just flex your muscles and show off like that. Absolutely brutal. Um, a statement of intent. They're through. They're, they're cruising. But Schwartz, I just want to ask you on buy-in, just as on an off-field note, um, I was really intrigued. David Oliver started here, but he's had his contract withdrawn from him by the club over the weekend. What did you make of that, um, I guess, contract, uh, you know, back and forth that's going on there? Um, I, I mean, the understanding I have, I mean, Uli Hernes came out a couple of weeks ago and said that uh, basically uh, that it wasn't David Alaba, uh, it was his agent. His agent's toxic and, and the agent's the issue, uh, that he's greedy and, and, and putting all these high demands in. Um, and, and you know what? Like, Bayern, Bayern are pretty good. We saw with... with, with uh, with Thiago, you know, he, he said he wanted to leave. Uh, he wanted a new challenge, and they let him go. 
I mean, Alabama's obviously a slightly different situation out of contract. Um, but, I, but I think he's so highly regarded. He's been there for a long, long time. Um, and, and, and yes, they'll be obviously disappointed. They'll, they'll be, uh, you know, regretting not maybe tying him down a bit sooner. But they'll also, I think, in a large degree, give him their blessing because of what the type of service they've given to them. I mean, Bayern are generally pretty good in that, in that way. And you can see with David uh, Alaba, that hasn't changed his attitude on the football pitch. It hasn't changed his performances. And I think that's the key as well. And, and the manager's relationship with it seems to be very, very positive. Schwartzy, always a pleasure. Enjoy Chelsea and Rand from Stanford Bridge tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you on the coverage and uh, safe travels. Thank you, guys. Mark Schwarzer uh, on the road, as always. Uh, he uh, did not have the notifications on about Bayern Munich, which is a surprise. Robert Lewandowski with a double uh, just for something different. They are nine from a possible nine. So, too, are Manchester City, who we mentioned elsewhere in that group, Bayern Munich's group, Atletico, uh, second on four points, miles behind. They had a one-all draw against Lokomotiv Moscow, while elsewhere in City's group, Porto was second because they had a comfortable victory over Marseille. The Gegen Pod will be back in 20 seconds. Once you're done with this episode, though, take a moment to look up two sharp reds. Socceroos great Mark Schwarzer is joined by Ollie Geel to talk about the lighter side of world football with a real focus on the day-to-day of the Premier League. Two Sharp Reds from Optus Sport. Available where you get your podcasts. Now, back to the Gegen Pod. All right, Dave. Let's move on to the game, which I know a lot of our viewers in Australia would have been keeping an eye on. Not only because Liverpool are so well supported, but because Atalanta are almost the hipster's dream, aren't they, in terms of football? But this morning, they were thoroughly outclassed. I loved what you said on the on the coverage where we were expecting goals, and I thought this might be a three three, a three two. I didn't expect all five goals to be Liverpool's way. It's it, it is just stop and think for a second. It's such a huge result. Keeping a clean sheet at Atalanta. There you go. I just said it. At Atalanta. They've, they've not conceded in this group. They've decimated with injuries at the back. We know that. They've had players come in in midfield and that front three. Diego Jota is breaking his way into that front three. He was magnificent. And it's not just the fact that he scored three fantastic goals. His movement, the way he is integrated into that side. And <laughs> you worry for Roberto Firmino because everyone said for the last year, he brings you intangibles at Liverpool. He does the stuff that he's not in, his, in this side for the goals. But all of a sudden, Klopp's got someone who has the intangibles and the tangibles. He's got the goals. And I cannot wait to see what his team selection is against Manchester City on the weekend. Well, perhaps most crucially, what Jota has allowed, uh, Jurgen Klopp, is an evolution. It's not Mm. the same thing. We know what Firmino can provide, even when he's not scoring. But Jota provides something different. And he's forced his way very much into that starting lineup. I think he has to be the first name picked just about, maybe apart from Alisson, against Manchester City on the weekend. He scored three this morning. All of them were classy finishes. And we also had, of course, Salah and, of course, Mane rounding it off for that 5-0 success over Atalanta. Let's bring John Aloisi into the chat. He was on our coverage this morning. And that's the big question, uh, John, isn't it? Diego Jota, I mean, he could potentially be the signing of the season, couldn't he? Certainly if he continues at the current trajectory. Well, so far, he's definitely up there because of the way he's scoring goals and linking up with uh, his teammates around him. And he's just got so much pace about him as well. Uh, and I think that's what suits him today. Atalanta played that open, expansive style of football. So he was able to get on the uh, on the end of things and find that space. And, and I think that he will start uh, Jota against City. I think Klopp will uh, see how much or how well he's doing and the form he's in and playing in this game. But uh, let's not uh, underrate Firmino and, and what he can bring to the side. 
but I don't think that he will start in the game, City. It's an incredible achievement thus far for Liverpool, isn't it, John, in the group stage? Nine from a possible nine. Dave mentioned the run they've been on. And the context, which is really important, the fact that, you know, Reese Williams at centre-half along with Gomez this morning, that's not their perfect pairing. They've got injuries in midfield as well. Across the park, they have uh, hurdles to deal with, yet the actual results have been thoroughly impressive. Yeah, they are impressive. And it's all about uh, Klopp being able to uh, shift players around uh, and um, not only at the back, but in midfield. Yes, young boys have come in and done well. Uh, you know, Nathaniel Phillips on the weekend in the league, but uh, Reese Williams this morning in the Champions League. But the midfield one is has been the key because it's it's not easy to replace a Fabinho in the midfield, Thiago in midfield, and uh, and that's still been able to to pick up the results even when they're not playing well. But this morning they played well. I mentioned the fact that Atalanta might be the hipster's football dream at the moment in a group that also includes Ajax, both on four points. Ajax had a good win, John, over Michiland. Really feel for the Danish side here because, as Dave mentioned on the coverage, this could have been their greatest opportunity to get a victory. Their first win at this stage of the Champions League wasn't to be, despite the fact... Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. That Ajax had so many players out due to the coronavirus, it just goes to show that Ajax have that depth and they can still shock anyone on their day. Not that this was a shock, obviously. Yeah, they still have that depth. They still have that firepower going forward. Uh, Tadic was in doubt for this game, but uh, he was there in the end and uh, involved in both goals, scoring the second. And I think that's what uh, helped them along in this game here, that they started really well and they, they went 2 0 up pretty early on in the game. And it made it difficult for Michelin. And uh, you think that Michelin is now going to struggle to get uh, any points and uh, and even qualify for Europa League. But it makes it open between Ajax and Atalanta because I think there's still a lot to play with those two sides. Of course, John, we've been looking at Michelin because of Aussie Watch, Mobile Watch, who was involved again this morning. But there was another Aussie of sorts in action today, wasn't there? Mark Schwarzer had player cam on him. I say he was in action. He was on the bench for Olympiakos, one of your former players. Yeah, Avram Papadopoulos, um, born in Melbourne. Um, still, I wouldn't say that he's actually Australian, but does have an Australian passport. He uh, He's lived the majority of his life in Greece and former Brisbane Raw player. He, uh, he's been at Olympiakos uh, a long time time ago now but then recently he went back there and he's still in the squad great player but also just a great person such is our lack of Aussies on the world stage at the moment in this competition we're sort of we're gunning for everything we're gunning for an elderly midfielder who is on the bench for Olympiakos at Man City doesn't get on who was born in Melbourne that's uh, that's where we're at at the moment Dave (laughs) uh dear look another we've said it it's a bit of a broken record but another good education for Mobile and Michelin there. And, and as John hinted, that reverse game, uh, it'll be at Ajax. Ajax was Atalanta. That's one not to be missed. It could go close to deciding the group. 
but also depending on what Liverpool do now, if they can, they won't take their foot off the gas, but they will look to rotate players, and there might be opportunities there to sort of just niggle through some points to to get that second spot. Whilst it seems like every group that has an English team in it is. You know, being dominated, if you like. Chelsea, the only English side to drop points, but are still looking really good. Group D, John, is phenomenal, isn't it? That was our feature game this morning on the coverage. Real Madrid and Inter Milan. And the context for this game was already massive, given that both sides were looking for their first win. But before kickoff, Munchen Gladbach in the same group away to Shakhtar won 6-0. How do you explain this result? Well, difficult to explain how they won so comfortably and, and scored so many goals. But uh, and Gladbach were good in the first two games. They, they probably should have won against Inter Milan uh, at the San Siro. And then also against Real Madrid, uh, they were sooner up and they, they really threw away the game right at the end. Um, so, you know, I expected them to get a result in the... Uh, in Ukraine, but uh, to win 6-0, that's a massive result. And that puts them in the box seat. It's still a lot to play out, of course, because it's so tight. But um, they're a good side. They're a good side going forward. They've got a good coach in Rose, and uh, and, uh, and they've got some quality players. I tell you what, into watching that game, or seeing that result, we think that should have been us the week before <laughs> with, their, with the amount of chances they had. Um, but Mutran Gladbach sees an unlikely control of the group, so to speak. The, the, the player to shout out here is a Frenchman called Alassana player. He's been really, really good in this group as a creator and today bagged a hat-trick, some fine goals in there as well and another assist. They're a good team playing like a team. And Marcus Turam wasn't on the score sheet. He's been the man scoring for them so far. Of course, Lillian's son, I mentioned last week, <laughs> we're not allowed to mention Marcus without saying it's Lillian's son. <laughs> Maybe in 10 <laughs> or 15 years' time we might. Uh, but that team, yeah, phenomenal, Dave. Let, let's talk about the feature game, John, Real Madrid and Inter Milan. I mean, the group is seriously open and all four teams can still go through. It's not yet a foregone conclusion, but it was so open and it seemed like at, at various times either side could have won this. Real Madrid, in the end, too good, 3-2. Yeah, well, Zidane does what Zidane does best. When the team is under pressure and he's under pressure, they come up with a win. I wouldn't say they deserved the win this morning. I thought they were lucky in the end because, um, especially in the second half, Inter Milan started to get on top of them and uh, really, uh, from 2-0 down, you thought the Inter Milan were going to run away with it. They had their chances. Latura Martinez and Perisic could have added to their goal tally um, after clawing their way back into the game. But um, on the counter-attack, uh, substitutes that uh, Zidane made in Vinicius Junior and uh, Rodrigo scored a great goal on the counter. And they got the win that they, they needed. But um, it, I think that Inter Milan will count themselves unlucky because they did the majority... I thought they played well. The majority of the game that they they were able to play through um, Real Madrid's press and they were able to find space. They created enough chances, would have thought, to win the game. But they still struggled defensively at the back and this season they have struggled at the back. Based on what you've seen, can Real Madrid win the Champions League this season? You wouldn't write off Real Madrid or Zidane, but I don't think with the the side they've got at the moment and the way they're uh, they're playing at the moment, they're capable of winning it. I think there's a lot there's a lot of other teams that are a lot stronger than them yeah, in the comp at the moment. But look, they will grow into the the season because uh, you know Hazard is still nowhere near at his best, and uh, he will get better. The younger players will get better with more games. Um, I thought Casemiro was poor. Uh, this morning, and I think that uh, he's he, if he's not informed, then that the team struggles. 
And and at the back, they've got a winner in Sergio Ramos, who found the score sheet again. You know, unbelievable that he's been able to score 100 goals for Real Madrid. Even if you're a striker, you'll be happy to score 100 goals. He's a defender. He'll have to go down as one of the best defenders in history. And uh, so you can't really write them off. But at the moment, I don't think they're the team to, to beat. John, we've spoken a lot about Barcelona being a team in transition, but uh, there's a lot of talk in the Spanish press about the veterans in this team and obviously the personalities get them through even if they're not playing that well and Zuzu manages the dressing room and all that. But the youngsters coming on was really interesting for me because you've got all those players you mentioned. With Ram- Ramos is still a beast, but you've got your Cruzers, your Modrages, your Casemiros, Benzema, Hazard. Um, what do you make of the actual squad, the once-was Galactico squad? Uh, like, how far away from there are they from either botching sort of their transition going forward or, or, or actually, you know, having all these ageing stars leave at the same time? Well, you'd see that uh, they actually um, didn't really sign anyone in the off-season. And uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the COVID situation, the, the financial situation that the club is in, actually uh, fixing up their stadium, the Bernabeu, they're, they're actually spending millions uh, on that stadium. So... They, they need to rely on the young players at the moment. But you know that once these older players, and you're talking about the veterans, start to retire or leave, they will go sign uh, a, a big star, a big player, you know, the, an Mbappe or uh, a Haaland. They, they will find a way of doing it because that's what Real Madrid do. But this is a year that the younger players will, will feature a lot more and you'll see and then develop a lot more. You know, we, we talk about uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo, but Valverde in the midfield, I thought that he was excellent again uh, today. And uh, he's he's another young player, Uruguayan, that just um, he's an important player for Real Madrid, not only at the moment, but in the future. John, there's a pretty hefty perception at Inter Milan amongst their fans that Conte is just not the right manager for European football. If they don't go through to the knockout stage, Will that be, you know, potentially the end of his tenure there? Maybe not directly, but will that hold him back from being ultimately successful, do you think, uh, in the eyes of the fans at Inter Milan? Or the Europa League? Yeah, definitely in the in the eyes of the fans. You know, he needs to do well in the Champions League. Um, even if the Europa League is still for a club like Inter Milan, that's secondary competition. Um, but I think that the most important thing is if he doesn't go and do well in Europe, he needs to win... And uh, at the moment, what's uh, causing him even more pressure and probably the fans are on his back even more is that AC Milan are doing well. They're top of the table. So the pressure is on Conte. I still think that he's an exceptional coach and that uh, given time he will succeed at Inter. But uh, at the moment, the, the pressure is building. John, good to chat as always. Uh, great company on the coverage this morning and we'll uh, see you tomorrow for more. Thanks, boys. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Cheers, John. So, tomorrow morning, Dave, as I mentioned before, we're 28 goals shy of the record. We're gunning for it. You know what we're going to get? We're going to get six nil nils. <laughs> Unlikely. It can't happen in the Champions League. Let's go through some of the fixtures, though. Chelsea and Wren is our feature game on the coverage. Half-hour pregame show from 6.30am Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Chelsea uh, is your team, Dave. They're yet to concede. Mendy's got five clean sheets in six. What do you win this? Four, five nil? That one to get too far ahead of myself, that's... Another convincing performance, like against Krasnodar, has got to be the aim. And like it on the weekend as well, um, playing with that swagger, finding that balance, sit on the coverage, all of a sudden that, that stress that's come with integrating all those expensive signings that was struggling in the opening couple of weeks, that's gone because of the mandate, the clean sheets 
gives Frank Lampard. And suddenly the ra- the goals have come. The fixtures have been generous. The run of fixtures Chelsea have un- up until now and then until Tottenham in a couple of weeks' time has helped bet in these stars. But uh, the thing that I'm most intrigued by, and I wonder whether it's a horses for courses thing against, say, teams like Ren, who you'd expect are going to be on the weaker side as opposed to the big games, is N'Golo Kante back in his traditional position. So all of a sudden... He's doing the dirty work and you've got the stars in front of him. The playmaking isn't through Jorginho. It's not through Kovacic. It's through the guys in front and Kante's there protecting them. So fascinated to see what happens over the next couple of weeks if that balance continues to improve. And um, Hakim Ziyech, a a revelation. We've waited for him and he's been fantastic. Yeah, fitting them all in will be really hard with uh, Havertz playing in that midfield as well. Looking forward to seeing what they can do against the side that finished third in France last year and, of course, where they got Edmard Mendy from mm. in the off-season too, in Rennes. Uh, elsewhere in that group, Sevilla at home to Krasnodar. The Spanish side shouldn't have too many issues. Club Bruges are at home to Dortmund. Barcelona at home to Dinamo Kiev. We might get some goals in that one potentially. And Ferenc Varos at home to a Juventus team who'd be desperate to put their poor performance last week to bed. The game I'm really looking forward to, Dave, is Leipzig and PSG. They met something like 80 days ago in the Champions League semi-finals last season, but all of a sudden, they're both playing for their lives in this competition because Manchester United have been just so good. Leipzig were thumped last week. They're going well in Germany, horribly so far in the Champions League, if you consider that 5-0 to be a result that no team can expect in PSG. Hot and cold, let's be honest about it. Elsewhere in that group, early on, Istanbul Besiktas are here. They host the Manchester United that all of a sudden are the worst team in the world again after Amazing. the weekend. The uh, roller coaster that is Manchester United and Zenit and Lazio also the early kickoff. Time to get some sleep, I think, Dave. That'd be good. I tell you what, the early start for United, will they put us to sleep or will they entertain? That's going to be the interesting one because uh, you'd expect they'll have to make the play against the, the, the Turkish side and they won't get the chance to counterattack. And will all these problems come back again like the Solskjaer has been dealing with? They are a headline a minute. Donny van der Beek to start and score two and uh, questions to be asked more so as to why he's not playing. Look, it's just a grenade. I'll put it out there. Love it. They normally go okay. <laughs> they normally go okay in Europe, particularly with some of their younger players. Let's see how they go amongst eight fixtures coming your way tomorrow. On the match day Gagan pod tomorrow, we'll have Carl Robinson, Western Sydney Wanderers coach. He'll be on the coverage as well. And in that match day Gagan pod tomorrow, we'll preview the Premier League coming your way this weekend. Football never sleeps. We need to, though. Nor do we. Indeed. Have a great day between now and the next Gagan pod. Enjoy your football. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.